Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. Okay, well, it's obvious. Uh, and when you start, I mean, I'm just amazed that God pulled me into this study. It's so big about food and what the Bible has to say about it. So we're going to hit the highlights to get to the New Testament. But it's obvious that not only is food the very source of our continued existence is what we live on, but every aspect of our lives, and I know y'all's minds are just going to run with me, every aspect of our lives socially, psychologically, physically, and culturally revolves around what and how and when we eat. Can I get a witness? Uh, as a matter of fact, food even establishes culture and company. And I want to deal with that. I just don't know how far I'll get to. Uh, uh, but when you think about culture, look at all the culture food. How many cultural foods are they? Somebody name some. Mexican food, Italian food, Chinese food. Isn't that amazing? You're tying food with a culture. Because food is of such importance that, and you could go on, uh, Indian food. Is that what they call it? Indian food, uh, soul food, uh, even uh, city food, country food. I mean, it's, it's tied to everything. And, and, and I was amazed as I, as I began to study just how the Bible deals with our diet. And this study got so big, it was unreal. So we're just going to deal with what God gave me. So the objective of this class will be to deal with the natural and the spiritual influence of how and what we eat. All right? So first, I'm going to give you some, a, a scientific approach. So I'll have something to attach this to in a minute. And this is stuff I just pulled right off the Internet. So I'm going to kind of just read it. <coughs> Uh, has anybody ever heard the saying, you are what you eat? So I just started with there. You are what you eat describes how your body and health will be conditioned according to the type of food you eat and the amount of it you do eat. That's scientifically proven. I swear you are what you eat. In other words, I'm going to say that again. That describes how your body and health will be conditioned. Now, I need you to keep in the back of your mind, I'm going to tie this to your spiritual man, okay? Your body and your health will be conditioned according to the type of food you eat and the amount you eat. Uh, according to science, uh, if we would eat a well-balanced diet, it would produce good health in our body. Amen? So uh, I thought this was uh, crazy numbers. Unhealthy diet contributes to approximately 678,000 deaths every year in the United States due to nutrition and obesity-related uh, diseases such as heart disease, cancer, uh, type 2 diabetes, uh, 678,000 people a year die due to their diet. You ever heard the old saying, you dig in your grave with your fork? Uh, that's how important a healthy diet is. Some of y'all say, man, just get through all this stuff and let's get... 
so in other words, some diseases are not spirits of infirmities. They're what science, medical science calls nutritional diseases. There's nutritional diseases, which are nutrient-related diseases, uh, and they include deficiencies or excesses. Uh, if you're taking notes, just write down deficiencies and or excesses. Uh, sometimes it ain't what you're eating, it's how much of it you're eating that's causing you to be unhealthy. Amen. Uh, we're going to tie that to the spirit in, the min- in, in a minute. So there is scientific proof that there is a direct correlation between your diet, between diet and disease. Nutritional diseases are the most common cause of death in the world. I think that's a staggering. (laughs) That nutritional diseases are the most common cause of death in the world, particularly diseases such as obesity, Uh, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, cancer, osteoporosis. uh, These are diseases that are related to simply what you're taking into your body or what you're not taking into your body. So statistics say that chronic diet-related diseases has risen in America. A history of poor eating and the lack of physical activity have a a cumulative effect and have contributed to significant nutrition and physical activity-related diseases. Uh, Listen to this. About half of all American adults, that's 117 million individuals at this time, have one or more preventable chronic diseases, many of which are related to poor quality eating patterns, and physical inactivity. Isn't that crazy? Half of Americans have one or more preventable chronic diseases because of a poor appetite. Can I tell you those those numbers are just as staggering in the body of Christ when it comes to spiritual diseases that 50% of spiritual diseases could have been avoided if we would have had a proper diet. Are y'all going with me now? Tell your neighbor, you are what you eat. Now, God is so good and merciful, uh, and I think we got some nurses here, so I'm kind of intimidated with this, uh, so I'm just going to act like I know what I'm talking about. God has created in every individual body, he's created that body with a system that will protect you from many of these diseases and it's called the immune system. The immune system is a group of organs and special cells in your body that is designed to protect you from diseases. But the immune system is precisely that. It's a system. It's not a single entity. Uh, 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 An immune system is a conglomeration of a whole lot of things working in your body. But for it to work well, it requires balance and harmony. All right? I need y'all to catch all this because we're going to work it here in a minute. Your immune system, in order for it to fight properly... It requires balance and harmony. It's like any fighting force. The, the, the uh, immune system marches on its stomach. 
So if your immune system is not being fed what it's needed, it can't do what it's supposed to do. So once again, sickness and diseases gets past that army that's in your body because the army can't fight because it's not eating right, okay? So maintaining a healthy diet keeps your immune system balanced and ready to fight against infections and viruses. Okay, science has proved that you are what you eat. Now let's look at it from a biblical, spiritual perspective that you are what you eat. We're going to start out in the Old Testament. Y'all ready? God started as early, and y'all to just do you some studying on this. God started as early as the book of Genesis dealing with our diet. As a matter of fact, God established a distinct diet for his distinct people. In other words, they were to be so set apart, God's children, were to be so set apart and distinct from the rest of the world that their diet even identified them as God's chosen people. They couldn't eat just anything. I need somebody to look at your neighbor and tell them, you can't eat just anything. Huh? Amen. When you're talking about your spiritual man, you can't just eat anything. Uh-huh. When you're talking about your spirit man, there's things that we eat that they don't eat that distinguishes us as the children of God. Or should I say we should be eating that the world don't eat that distinguishes us. Uh, and as a matter of fact, it was if uh, you will a heavenly diet that was conducive to a heavenly culture. If we are a heavenly people, then we ought to be pouring things into our spirit that everybody else is not pouring into, and we ought to not be pouring into ourselves. Are y'all okay tonight? Some things. That, why? Because we're a heavenly culture. We are distinct. Uh, we're going to work that a little while before we get to the New Testament. So not only did their diet identify them to the rest of the world that they were distinct and set apart. But every time they prepared and ate a meal, it reminded them we're not of this world. Every time they, they went to the cabinet, if you will, or if they was putting a recipe together, uh, uh, they was what was clean and unclean. And, and the fact that they couldn't put the unclean in with the clean, it reminded them we are the chosen of God. Everyday life, something's coming into our spirit. Amen. And the fact that we are not of this world, uh, they are restrictions in our lives of some things that can't come into me. Are y'all with me tonight? So in God's dietary laws, he reveals, listen to this, it's, it's just amazing to me. I hope it really uh, helps you as much as it has me. In God's dietary laws, he reveals how that their holiness was directly related to their diet. Their holiness, come on, I need you to get that for where we're going. Their holiness was directly uh, related to their diet. They had to discern what was between what was clean and unclean before they ate it. All right? Now, I want to throw you just, uh, just write these scriptures down. Daniel 1 and 8. I, I, I don't mind. I don't mind. Wait. I know it. I, I need to slow down. Are you writing down that statement I made? 
that God's dietary laws reveals how their holiness was directly related to their diet. All right? They had to discern between what was clean and unclean before they ate it. Uh, I'm going to give you a little story out of the book of Daniel that shows you how powerful uh, their diet and their holiness governed their lives. Daniel, y'all remember Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They were kidnapped. The Babylonians overrun Jerusalem, took. Uh, and you got to understand, uh, the king said, I don't want you kept taking any, any, any of the, the, the slaves except for the brightest. I want the, I want the smartest. I want the cream of the crop. And so when he brought them in there, uh, the king said, I want you to feed them off my table because I want to raise these guys up. We're going to use them in our kingdom. But it was not lawful for Daniel to eat the same food that the king was eating. So the, in Daniel 1 and 8, the Bible says, Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the king's meat. Are you listening to me? He knew to eat anything unclean was to defile himself. God's bringing us to the place to where we know and understand what is clean and unclean before it comes in my eyes, before it comes in my ears. Are you with me, Bible class? Before it comes into my heart, before I let it come into my mind. Huh? He said, it says, he refused to defile himself with the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. So the, 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 the prince of the eunuchs came and said, come on, guys, the king's going to let y'all eat his food and drink his wine. And Daniel said, I can't do it. I'm compromising my holiness if I partake of things that God said is unclean. And the guy loved him and said, look, man, I, the king's going to cut my head off if, 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 if I bring him before you and you're looking puny and weak. And uh, look what Daniel said in Daniel 1, 15 through 17. Write that down. It says, he said, just try us. Give us 10 days. You feed all them other boys, all the king's meat. He said, but us, just bring us uh, beans and rice. Just bring us lentils. Just bring us, we don't want no meat and just see what happens in 10 days. Here's what happened. At the end of 10 days, their countenance appeared fairer and fatter in flesh than all the children which did eat the portion of the king's meat. Thus Melzar took away the king's meat and all the wine and he didn't give them nothing but pulse to eat. And as for these four children, listen to this, because they refused to compromise what they took into their system, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. It says, and in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in all his realm. Somebody say, you are what you eat. In other words, what I'm trying to teach you is, because they refused to compromise their convictions on these holy dietary laws, God gave them knowledge, 
He gave them skill. He gave them wisdom. He gave them understanding. He gave them visions and dreams and all manner of, of wisdom. Uh, why? Because they refused to compromise this system right here. All right, let's go deeper. In the book of Leviticus, you, you don't really have to turn there, but in the book of Leviticus, God spent uh, nearly 50 verses telling his people what they could eat and what they couldn't eat. I mean, I mean, it just gets plum boring of how important dietary laws was to God. Uh, and I'm going to jump right in the, in the bottom of that in verse number 43 and read you some scriptures. Leviticus 11, just write down that whole chapter for your references, but I'm not going to take time to read all of God's do's and don'ts on what you eat. But I need to read these in here just to make a point to you. So after he's telling them you can't eat hogs and you can't eat camels and you can eat cows and what you can't eat and can't eat, in 43 he says, you shall not make yourself abominable with any creeping thing that creepeth. Neither shall you make yourselves unclean with them that you should be defiled thereby. Are you seeing how their diet was tied to their holiness? Their intake was tied to their holiness. It's going to mean something in a minute. He said, for I am the Lord that brought you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall therefore be holy for I am holy. 46 says, listen to this. This is the law of the beast and of the fowl and of every living creature that moves in the waters and of every creature that creeps upon the earth to make a difference between the unclean and the clean and between the beast that can be eaten and the beast that may not be eaten. Now remember, we're dealing with a subject. You are what you eat. Based on that, here's something very interesting to me as it relates to the law of their dietary consumption and its correlation with holiness. He said in Leviticus 11 and 3, you're going to find that if you go back and read it. He said, you can eat any animal that has a divided hoof and choose the could. Y'all ever heard that before? He said, this is what you can eat. This is a clean animal. Any animal that has a divided hoof and chews the cud. The animal who chews the cud and has a divided hoof. Now, this animal's cleanliness or holiness is characterized by two characteristics. What it eats and how it walks. Are you with me? It's characterized by two things. A clean animal is characterized by what it eats and how it walks. He said, the animal who had a divided hoof but did not chew the cud was considered unclean, unholy, like the pig. The pig's got a divided hoof, but it don't chew the cud. It slops down everything. <laughs> Some of you look at me like, where are you going with all this? <laughs> yeah, but it's going to come together, amen? He slops down every foul thing that is imaginable. The camel was considered as unclean or unholy. Why? It chews the cud, but it does not have a split foot. So what in the world is God trying to show us about the animals that he eats? What is he saying to us as it relates to the New Testament church? It's that holiness is characterized by what we eat spiritually 
and how we walk as it relates to our lives. Are you catching that right there? Our, our chewing the could is synonymous with us eating and meditating on the Word of God, which is really good. But if it does not affect our walk, are y'all with me? If it does not show up in my walk, then uh, what we're eating has not been translated into true holiness, therefore we are unclean. Isn't that amazing how God was giving us all these principles of holiness and he tied holiness with their diet. And we could go on and on and on about all the animals, how he established that. So God gave explicit details of a dietary culture in the Old Testament. Now, let's look at the explicit details of the dietary culture of the New Testament. Now remember what you've already been taught. It shouldn't just be the places we go or the things we do or not do that sets us apart as a chosen of God. But our dietary culture should also set us apart as well as being a part of our Christian culture. Now turn with me to the book of John 6, 48. And we're going to make that come alive. Right. Isn't it amazing that God was so warning us of hypocrisy with the dietary laws of what they could eat and and couldn't eat? He said, it may be a, a clean animal that eats nothing but grass, but if it don't have the divided hoof, it's unclean to you. So what God is saying, you can have a profession of Christianity, You can even partake and meditate on the Word of God. But if it doesn't translate in an expression and govern your walk, it's still unclean. Vice versa. You can have a split hoof uh, like the hog, which uh, has an external uh, expression of you seeing my walk and me doing the right thing at the right time. Are you following me? But I'm not one who chews the could and meditates on the word and gets it on the inside. He said that's unclean. So you got religion on one side and hypocrisy on the other. Religion that's faking it and, and acting like you're walking for God, but God looks in our heart and says, no, the word's not on the inside of you. So it takes both. Okay, now let's look at the dietary laws of the New Testament. Are you there? John 6 and 48. I don't know if I've ever heard this taught on a priest. I think preachers stay away from this because Jesus does not apologize for what he's about to say and he don't really explain it. So we're going to try to work it tonight. Are you ready? John 6, 48. I am the bread of life, Jesus' words. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore strove among themselves saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? 
Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whosoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eats my flesh and drinks my blood dwells in me and I in him. As the living Father has sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. Tell your neighbor, you are what you eat. This is that, Jesus said, 658. This is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eats of this bread shall live forever. These things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Now, needless to say, if you'll keep reading, when Jesus preached his sermon, he lost half his church. A lot of them quit. A lot of them quit following. They said, man, this is too tough. This is a hard saying. How in the world are we supposed to understand this or live by this? Now, of course, it's obvious that Jesus is establishing a spiritual diet based on spiritual food. Amen? So Jesus begins to liken himself as the manna that rained down out of heaven to feed the first church or the Old Testament church. He said, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of heaven, meaning I am your source of spiritual life. He said, your fathers ate manna in the wilderness and are dead. But this is the bread. And he's standing there looking at him, uh, talking about himself. He said, this is the bread that comes down from heaven so that anyone may eat of it and never die. He said, I am this living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he is going to live forever. And also the bread that I shall give for the life of the world is my flesh. So Jesus is now drawing a parallel between the manna that sustained the children of Israel for, for over 40 years in the wilderness and the bread of life that would sustain their spiritual existence for an eternity. But just as you had together and eat the manna, we will have together and eat this spiritual bread from heaven, which is actually Jesus Christ himself. Are you with me? He said in 51, I am the living bread which come down from heaven. If any man eats of this bread, he is going to live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Oh, my Lord, think about this. Look what the bread is having to go through to give you life. I wish I had a loaf of bread. I could just start breaking it and giving it to you. Look what the bread has to sacrifice in order for you to live. 
Look what the bread, it's being broken. It's being consumed. It's giving all of itself for your good. Oh, but look what's happening to you. You are what you eat, right? So you are now being fueled. You're being nourished. You're being empowered by what you're eating. You and the bread are becoming one. It is becoming who you are and what you are. It's becoming your substance. It's becoming your strength. It's becoming your immune system. Are you following me? He said in 56, He that eats my flesh and drinks my blood dwells in me and I in him. As the living Father has sent me and I live by the Father so that he that eats me shall live by me. You are becoming, Jesus said, when you start learning this principle uh, of living on this holy diet which is none other than Jesus Christ himself, when you, uh, you are becoming what you eat, you're becoming one with what you're partaking of. Let's look at some scriptures to make this come, a little, come alive. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, 10. Just write them down, 1 through 4. He said, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all of our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized into Moses in the cloud. Listen to this. And they all did eat the same spiritual meat and they all drank the same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. It was a type and shadow. So let's try to make that a little more palatable by using the communion table. We're going to use the communion table to help us understand the message they could not get a hold of. How are we going to eat his flesh? How in the world are we going to drink his blood? You remember Jesus on that great last uh, night, that last meal. Jesus took the cup, he held it up and said, take it and drink it. This is my blood in the new covenant. Then he took the bread and he broke it and said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Eat it. The disciples didn't have a clue what he was talking about. He hadn't went to the cross yet. Jesus is trying to pull a natural principle into a spiritual concept for you and I. Uh, this this uh, is what eating the body of Jesus and drinking the blood of Jesus looks like. Uh, write down 1 Corinthians 10, 16. Sixteen, seventeen. It says this: the cup of blessing which we bless is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we being many are one bread and one body, for we are all partakers of one bread. That word communion literally means partnership. Write these definitions down. The word communion, he said, this cup of blessing, which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Jesus? The bread we break, is it not the communion of the body of Jesus? So uh, the word communion means partnership. It means participation with or participation in. 
So in other words, eating it is as uh, partnering with or sharing in, it's becoming one with Christ in nature. Amen? Somebody shout, you got to eat it. You got to partake of it. Hanging around the table doesn't change you. Coming to church doesn't change you. Uh, have I got any students out there tonight? Uh, matter of fact, you can hear word preached and it not change you. It not raise your spiritual immune system. It not create any spiritual strength. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Amen. There has to be a table of communion. There has to be a communing with, a participating in, a partnered with uh, the very nature of Christ. He said, this is what eating my flesh and drinking my blood looks like. It's becoming one with. One with Christ in his nature, one with Christ in his character, one with Christ in his identity, and, and, and in being oneness with Christ on this level, then the Bible says we all become one body. We all become one body. Why? We're all eating the same thing. And if we are what we eat, we're all eating the same thing. And it's Christ. And I love the concept where it says he instructed his disciples when he gave it to him. He said, eat all of it. Remember that? And when he gave them the cup, he said, drink you all of it. Meaning, don't eat just a little of the word or don't just drink a little of the blood, but eat all the word, drink all the blood, even if some portions seem distasteful. Now, remember, we're headed to uh, building a healthy diet, right? And if you only eat the parts you like, and don't eat the parts you don't like, then all of a sudden your immune system gets thrown out of whack and diseases starts coming in. Huh? Is it coming together yet? Matter of fact, can I submit to you right now? Probably the distasteful portions was the portions you needed the most. <laughs> Somebody ought to say amen right there. My mother, I mean. My mother-in-law, God bless her, she's 83 years old, healthy as all get out, and I've been in this family for a long time, and she will not set the table without putting something green on it. You're going to eat some green beans, you're going to eat some cabbage, you're going to eat some spinach, you're going to eat raw lettuce, you're going to eat some green. Uh, and she is constantly on us about our kids, make them eat something green. Are you listening to me? Why? Because she, in her mind, <laughs> anything green's healthy, I guess, in her mind. Of course, she's 83 and still running, so I ought to listen to her, amen? Uh, he said, eat all of it. You can't skim, you can't sit down at the table of the Lord uh, and drink the part you like to drink and eat the part you like to eat, and then when the word starts coming out that's really starting to get on your, under your skin or on your toe, it's, ah, I don't want that. I don't want that. Huh? Eat all of it. Sometimes it's like taking medicine. It might not please the palate, but it's good for the soul. <laughs> I don't know where else to put it. Huh? That's why we got so many, can we work this a little while now? That's why we got so many unhealthy Christians because they have an unhealthy diet. And they eat the delicacies of God without wanting the meats of God. Just give me, warm my milk a little bit. 
just warm me up a little milk. Are you listening to me? We'll hit the high spots. Amen. Let's don't worry about the unclean stuff. Let's, let's, don't, don't, let's, just, let's just do a message on chewing the cud and leave my feet alone. Come on now, it's going to come together. Let's just, let's, just, let's, let's just preach on all I get to eat and partake, but don't fool me with me when I leave this building and I'm going to walk like I want to walk. God said, no, 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 that ain't the dietary laws of the New Testament. He said, you, you, you got to eat all of it and you got to drink all of it. I, I need to move on, but I just feel like I'm just poking a sore spot right here. You ever go to a doctor and he starts poking? Where's it hurt? Right here and he'll poke it. <laughs> A preacher's the same way. He just wants to poke it. Amen. I'm challenging this Bible study group to expand your menu. Huh? You've wore out those passages of scriptures. Come on now. You've wore out this certain, you know them by heart, and that's all you eat. We got to expand your culinary uh, there should be a good word for me to put right there. Uh, your culinary horizons. We gotta, we gotta expand your palate to start eating some things that's gonna start bringing balance uh, to your immune system, which is the warriors that got put inside of you to fight diseases. See, you don't know why you catch everything everybody else has got. <laughs> huh? Huh? You catch everything, everybody. If they got a bad attitude, you catch it. Oh, I'm going to get back here. Y'all ain't going to help me. Huh? Y'all thought I was boring a while ago. Now you want to, you, you, you want to hate on me, ain't you? Amen. Everything, everything coming around. Well, y'all better be careful. Flu's going around. Huh? You're probably going to get it. Amen. Well, the reason we get it is because we have it built up. Do you know it's a misnomer that they sell all this stuff to boost your immune system if you get a cough? Can I tell you, if you done got the cough, it's too late. I'm serious. It's medically proven. It's too late. You can do whatever you want to because it's there now and you got to let it run its course. Amen. They said the only way to prevent it is to keep a healthy immune system before cold ever comes. And then you can just walk right up to somebody, don't care how nasty they are, you don't get nasty. Why? Because you got a good, healthy diet. You're feeding on Jesus Christ. You're drinking all the blood. You're getting the life way down inside of you. Amen, I want to get to where I'm going. So sometimes it might not please the palate, but it's good for so. So I need you to, we need to expand and go into some areas of that Bible that maybe we don't like, or maybe we don't even understand it. Maybe this is the year where you start saying, you know what, I'm going to expand, expand my Bible knowledge issue. I'm going to start eating things I've never eaten before. Uh, I'm going to start going to restaurants I've never been before. Uh, what do you mean by that? You need to start pulling from some ministers that minister on a level you really don't like. Oh, y'all ain't, ain't hearing me, amen? My God, we're going to get into that in a minute. Let me tell you what. If the only time you eat is on Sundays and Wednesdays, you're probably pretty sick. You're probably pretty sick because it's hard to maintain a good, healthy, spiritual, spiritually, I mean. It's hard to maintain a strong, healthy, vibrant, spiritual life if you're only eating uh, uh, a couple times a week. There needs to be a continual diet of Christ coming in you. 
Amen. If you're running down the road and there's a radio in there, amen, turn it off that garbage you're listening to and turn it on a preacher. Everybody's got a smartphone. You can Google anybody. They preach to you. Run oh, here's one for you. Turn them all off and running down the road. <laughs> I got a smartphone that I've had forever with a Bible deal. Another day I was fooling around and actually hit something and it started reading to me. Said, oh my God. That thing's reading me the word. You can just stick it right in your pocket and you're just eating. Are you listening to me? Just eating. And you're going to be so surprised of how strong your immune system starts getting. And then when Kenny comes in acting like an idiot, you don't even act like an idiot with him. Huh? It's a, the principle is, God, I got to move on. But the principle is, they were, uh, the children of Israel was living in Egypt, remember? There was lice, there was flies, there was uh, frogs, there was all kind of stuff. Was uh, locusts, remember all that? Was devastating Egypt. But here they sat over in uh, Goshen and nothing could get to them. They were totally immune. Let me tell you what a good diet of Jesus Christ will do through his word, through fellowship, through eating all of it and drinking all of it. We'll walk around in a sin-sick world and never get infected by their diseases. The church can't work, but men wants jobs where they don't cuss. They want on jobs where there's no lewdness and immorality and everything in the world. Why? Because we're so spiritually weak. We are the light of the world. We ought to be so strong in our spirits that we take light in the darkness. Are you listening to me? We got to eat better. Yes, ma'am. You sure can. I knew somebody's going to come up with something good. Uh. <laughs> it, isn't that crazy? I wanted to use that word, but... Huh? Come on, sis. Come on, sis. Okay. Thank you. She said, if you don't have the blood of Jesus, sometimes we're as confused as they was. We don't know what you're talking about. You're preaching too hard. We can't even relate to that. What does that mean? That means I must have a steady diet of a holy substance coming into me, and his name is Jesus from the drinking. And then I don't have to walk around with something over my face or be worried about catching something from you. As a matter of fact, catch this. Amen. You can be plagued with a spiritual disease and I can make contact with you and bring healing into your life. That's the way it's supposed to work. Let's go because I'm trying to get to a certain place. Anybody got anything you want to add right quick? Can I tell you? Uh, matter of fact, before I get away from this thought right here, you got to eat all of it. Eat the parts you don't like. Don't turn the preacher off because he, uh, you know, because he's saying or preaching something that really rubs you the wrong way. When in reality, it might be God trying to expand your palate a little bit. Does that ever happen to any of y'all like it does me? So sometimes it may not please the palate, but it's good for my the palate but it's good for my soul and my spirit. Ezekiel said it. He said, I ate the scroll. It was sweet to my lips, but boy, it was bitter on my stomach. <laughs> you ever get one of them words? Ugh, boy, that was bitter <laughs> on my stomach. Amen. So in other words, the flesh may try to resist it, but the spirit will be strengthened by it. Somebody better get a hold of that word right there. 
My flesh will want to resist that correction from you, Kamal, or that instruction from somebody, right? Amen. Who are you judging me? But your spirit will be strengthened by it. Can I tell you right now, the majority of spiritual diseases that are plaguing the body of Christ is actually spiritual, is actually spiritual nutritional diseases. They're just simply diseases called our diet's bad. We're not eating good. And I'm going to get into, if the Lord allow me, we're eating a lot of unclean stuff. We're partaking, and it's not so much that I'm not eating some clean stuff, but I'm mixing the unclean with the clean. And you know what disease is? Dis-ease. It's disunity. So when I'm bringing in two types of substance into one body, huh? all that greasy food I'm eating is overpowering them carrots. what I'm talking about. I read a while ago, scientific, scientific statistics says nutritional diseases are the most common cause of death in the world, particularly diseases such as obesity, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, cancer, dental disease, osteoporosis, and it goes on and on. I'm afraid that the body of Christ is suffering for the most part from malnutrition. Some other words, they're suffering from undernutrition. They're suffering from undernourishment. Uh, and science says physically malnutrition can cause permanent problems with physical and mental development. Think about that. We'll tie it together. Doctors say that being under, uh, undernourished or malnutrition can cause permanent problems with physical and mental development. Spiritually, malnutrition can cause problems with, with spiritual and maturational development, if that's a word. Are you following me? Being malnutrition calls spiritual problems in my life. It causes my growth to be stunted. I can't mature properly if I don't have a proper diet. That's why you got to watch what you eat. You can't just eat anything. No wonder the Bible says, as newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Desire something that's going to make you grow. I have never seen the lack of Christians that's constantly pouring garbage into your spirit. It don't promote God. It don't promote faith. It don't promote family. It promotes some secular singer who's throwing out lyrics that feed nothing but the carnal side of us. Programming. We're going to go there in just a little bit if the Lord allows. So the majority, uh, let's tie it all together. The majority of, of spiritual cardiovascular diseases are from spiritual malnutrition. The church is having major heart problems because of malnutrition. Your average believer is having major problems. Jesus told the church of Ephesus, you got everything else going your way, but you got a heart problem. You got, you, you're doing all the right things. You got the clove feet, <laughs> you know. You, you, you're doing all the right things. He said, but because of a bad diet 
and a not enough of spiritual food coming into you, he said, you got a cardiovascular disease. Your heart's got hard. And you got a problem because you're not eating right. You can't eat this bread from heaven and not have love. Are you following me? So if I'm having a love problem, then I got an eating problem. I can't pray, God, give me more love. Give me more love. Give me more. No, I got to eat love. I got to partake love. I got to eat the flesh and drink the blood. Well, this stuff's hard to say, but are y'all receiving it with a spiritual mindset? Huh? I can't, I can't fight it and say, I'm going to love Reva. I'm going to love her. I'm going to love her. I'm going to love her. I don't care how ugly she is. I'm going to love her. I'm sorry I picked you. I should have picked Kamal. I don't care how obnoxious he is. <laughs> I'm going to love him. Why? That don't gender it. No, it's the source that coming in that produced this emotion or this attribute or this character called love. So I can eat it out. I, sometimes you got to eat out things you can't just pray out. Eat what? Christ. More of Jesus. More of him. In any form and fashion, I can take him. And that I can get him. Amen. He told Ephesus, got everything going for you, but you got a heart problem. You got a love problem because you ain't eating right. He said, there's no way you can eat this kind of food and not become what it is. Because you are what you eat. So if you eat bread from heaven, it's impossible not to have love. You can't eat this bread and be bitter. I'm, 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 I made up my mind I'm not going to be bitter. I'm not going to be bitter. And you're going to wear yourself out trying not to be bitter. I'm going to forgive. I'm not going to walk in unforgiveness. I am not going to walk. And you will wear yourself out trying to forgive. And Jesus said, just come and dine. Just come and eat. Come and eat my flesh and drink my blood. Be a partaker with me and my get it in you. He said, when it gets in you, it's one with you. And then it starts doing, I don't know what the belly does. I don't know what the belly does. All I know, it goes in state, <laughs> turns into other stuff. I mean, it comes in and it just, <laughs> I didn't mean to go there. It goes in and then my stomach begins to break it down and send it all over my body. It begins to strengthen my immune system. I can't understand. I can't explain to you how I put the word in me and then the Holy Spirit starts putting it in every area of my life and creates a system of warriors in me that fights against all spiritual diseases. Somebody say, you just got to eat better. As a matter of fact, a healthy diet of this bread of heaven will build up a spiritual immune system that fights off every parasite of unforgiveness. We're fighting too many temptations on a daily basis. When if we just ate right, we would never have to fight it. Our, our immune, did you catch that? We're fighting it in the flesh. When if my immune system would have been healthy, it would have just warded it off and I'd have never even got infected by it. Just by a good, healthy diet. Somebody shout, you are what you eat. Huh? He, let me tell you, you eat right, it'll open every clogged artery. This heavenly diet will flush out all the cholesterol of doubt out of your system. It will, it, it, 
It'll, it'll raise immunity. Jeremiah 15, 16 is a good scripture. We can throw it here at 753. I'm watching that clock. They, listen to what he said. Your words were found and I did eat them and your word was the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. He said, I didn't have to pray for joy, ask for joy, wonder why I ain't got no joy. He said, I found the word, I ate it, become one with it, and the food did the rest. It produced it in me. Guys, we got to get eating. We got to get to eating better. You are what you eat. Okay, let me close out with these last few minutes with this. Turn with me to Revelations 2.14. You ought to be able to find that one. Just turn to the back of the book. Revelations 2.14. Why you turn there and say, you are what you eat. Now, we just had to throw out a lot of information and even start in the Old Testament to show you how important it was to God about your diet. Even in the Old Testament, in the natural principles, and he brought it over into the spiritual principles. And what you eat, even down to the point where he said, uh, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no eternal life in you. So we, we understand that the eating means I'm partaking of. It's coming inside me. It's becoming my source of life. It's becoming my source of strength, right, when it comes to Jesus. So anything that comes into me becomes a source that starts governing the condition of my body or my spirit. With that in mind, look at this scripture, 2.14. Jesus said, I have a few things against you because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel. Here it is. To eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit fornication. Now here he is all the way in the book of Revelation still talking about what you've eaten. He said, this is what I got against you because you hold to the doctrine of Balaam who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel and this is what caused them to stumble what they were eating. What they were eating. So in other words, Balaam come to curse, or Balak wanted Balaam to curse the children of Israel. Balak was a heathen king. He said, man, them guys are going to destroy me. I need you to curse them. Balaam was a great prophet. But every time he would go up to curse them, God would turn it around and he'd bless them. Why? Because you can't, bless, you can't curse what God's blessed. Huh? That need, I, I just love to preach that sermon right there. I don't care what the witches does or the warlocks or the devil or anybody else. He just can't curse what God has blessed. But he wanted favor with the king. He wanted the money. He wanted half the kingdom, but he just couldn't do it. He said, so I know how I'll do it. I'll just teach that heathen king to, to, to con them into compromising what they're eating, and they'll be cursed. On their own. Huh? Yeah. He said, so, so we're going to go in this about The devil, he's probably not just going to come up. You're, you're too dedicated for him just to come at you 
and get you to go to whoring around again. Or not again, but I'm sorry. I can get myself in more trouble. You know what I'm saying? He ain't going to get me go back to the beer joint. You know what I'm saying? I, I know where that leads me. I don't know about you, but I know where it leads me. He, he's not going to do that. So he said, I'll just slip in over here. Therefore, the devil can't get to me because my immune system's intact. So he said, I'll just go around here then and get them to compromise what they're eating. I'm going to get them to, to compromise their conscience. If I can get them to compromise their conscience, they'll be cursed. Uh, not because God cursed them. They just curse themselves. So he said, let's teach them to eat, let's, let's, let's con them into eating sacrifices that was offered to idols. As a Jew, this was a no-no. Remember, Daniel and him said, uh-uh, we're not eating that stuff. We're not. So they slipped in and got them compromising the things they were letting come in. How, how does that relate to us? There's, there's no way that most of you at this level are going to be involved in immorality. Can I get a witness? <laughs> Can I just get an amen, a nod, or... Whew, y'all scared me. I mean... <laughs> wow, this is a tough class tonight. You're, you're not going to pull a drunk no more, are you, Jimbo? You know, I was with you when you quit drinking, and you know, and... And, you know, you're not going to do that no more. And you're not going to be looking at naked women and watching orgies or being a part of all that. Right? Huh? So, so, so you're not going to do all that. I sure feel like I'm in a bind here. And I'm trying to get to a point. So he said, so just con them into, they're not going to be so bold as to go offer sacrifices to false gods. But just get them to eat the food off of it. In other words, you're not going to participate in it, but if I can just get them to watch it on TV. Are, are you okay with me? Huh? You wouldn't dare do that. Boy, you sit there. <laughs> Honey, give me some popcorn. <laughs> huh? Come on now. Media. God said media. It's infiltrate. Media comes in the eyes. It comes in the ears. It comes in the heart. You're eating it. You're just eating it. Are you listening to me? Music, lyrics, song, things you would, things you would never do. You would never engage in it. But you're eating the meat off of what someone else is sacrificing to the, the demon of lust and immorality. Am I, make, am I coming home yet? Amen. So, and we're sitting there convincing ourselves, I'm fine, I'm good, huh? Amen. I don't know if y'all cuss or not, or if y'all believe it's a sin or not. To me, it's a sin. To me, it's a sin. I was a cusser. Anybody else? Anybody still a cusser? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> Just foul mouth, cussing, carrying on. Are, are you listening to me? You, man, you couldn't pry a cuss word out of me. You can't cut my hand off and make me cuss. It's not in me no more. Amen? Huh? I mean, it's just me. It's just where I'm at. It's just one of my strong convictions. I'm not going to do it. Amen? But so why would I turn on my TV? In other words, I'm not going to bow down to the shrine of cussing, but I'll eat the food off of it. 
I'll eat the meat. Daniel said, I am not compromising my holy diet. Huh? Are, are, are you okay tonight? I am not compromising my holy diet. And my wife's worse than I am. If there's one thing I hate is to go to the movie and pay all that money. I mean, that popcorn ain't cheap. Have y'all bought popcorn? I mean, I don't go to watch a movie. I go to eat popcorn. I love buttered popcorn. Big old Coke. I've done $40 in. Amen. And sat there two minutes and they throw out. Huh? My wife's grabbing popcorn and Coke. I said, baby, please. <laughs> She's grabbing popcorn. Why? Are you listening to me? I am not going to sit at this table and eat stuff that is contrary to my convictions. Huh? Now, I'm not trying to put convictions on it. I'm just telling you, media is feeding you. It's feeding your spirit. It's feeding your soul. It's feeding your flesh. It's feeding every part of you. And we're wondering why I keep catching all these diseases when I am reading the Word. It's because you're sitting at two tables. You're sitting at two tables. And we are guilty by association to let them make love in our living room. Oh, I'm getting just, oh, Lord, we got kids in here now. Are you listening to me? Huh? No, I wouldn't dare engage in that activity, but if I'm watching it, I'm eating the sacrifices, the meat. The idol ain't in the room, but boy, we sure enjoying the meat. Can I throw one more heavy one since we're so deep into this? He said, you've caused my people to be cursed because they're going to, and here's the thing about it is, if you keep on doing it, your conscience will get quieter and quieter and quieter until your conscience don't even bother you no more. And I don't understand why, I don't even understand why I'm not walking in this total spiritual health and strength and vitality and it's because my conscience ain't even telling me no more. That's not good. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.